0: Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. The undefeated OG Ananobi error is over. We tell you why and what it means going forward for the New York Knicks.
1: You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: You are locked on, Nixon. and today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and i wanted to thank you for making locked on nicks your first listen today and every day we're now available on all platforms that includes on youtube so if you want to see our smiling faces day in and day out be sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell and be sure to do the same on your podcast platform of choice but who's talking to you i'm gavin shell your favorite play-by-play broadcasters favorite play-by-play broadcaster he is alex wolf editor. Of uh oh, editor in chief of the strickland. Wow, well, just like the Knicks, Alex. At all my A game tonight. Editor in Chief of the Strickland. you can follow them on all forms of social media at the Strick.land. And the New York Knicks, uh, to continue your bit, Alex, were your favorite false comebacks, favorite false comeback. Um, Damn. getting it to one after being down by 20 plus at times in the second half, down by like 16 or 17 throughout most of the fourth quarter. They got it close. Um, ultimately a backbreaking possession where they gave up three offensive rebounds doomed them, but Alex, it could be argued they were doomed by their horrific start to
1: this one. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just kind of the perfect storm of crappy circumstances like Kyrie Irving comes out just displayed. I mean, throughout this whole game displayed just crazy shot making like say whatever you think about Kyrie Irving the person, but Kyrie Irving the basketball player is one of the most dangerous scorers on planet Earth when he's on his best version of himself and clearly he brought his a game to this game. Like he was creating off the dribble. He was hitting shots with a hand in his face. I mean, he ends with 44 points, 10 assists, like, but there were certain things that was, you know, there was low hanging fruit there for the Knicks to take. And a lot of it, they didn't take until partly in the third quarter when they sort of chipped away and made part of their comeback. And then partly in the fourth quarter, when they got it down to one, you know, there's very easy things they could have tried, like doubling Kyrie earlier, And they didn't do that until, like, by my count, unless I missed some possessions earlier, they didn't really start throwing hard doubles at him until about five minutes left in the fourth quarter when he already had, like, 40 points. You know, it's like, dude, like, maybe you could have done this in the third quarter. Like, I don't know, in the first quarter even? Like, throw a double at him every once in a while. Like, make him make a hard decision. Make someone else beat you. Uh, Unfortunately, though, Tim Hardaway Jr. also was prepared to beat the Knicks in this game at 32 points himself. Um, but yeah, that, that big possession really was tough. I mean, the Knicks were, the Knicks started off, you know, another thing that didn't go their way early. They just, they weren't getting a body on guys well enough, uh, on the defensive glass, which was leading to offensive rebounds for the Mavs. Dwight Powell, especially was just like, I mean, he kind of just always plays like this, but he was just throwing his body around like a madman and jumping in the fray and like grabbing a rebound, like sort of doing what like Josh Hart does, but, like, as a much larger human. Yeah. And it was working out really good for the Mavs. You know, they managed to generate a lot of extra possessions that way. Um, they ended their total offensive 11 in this game, um, which was still somehow, as, as it always ends up being somehow, when a team seems like they're doing better than the Knicks, they're still two less than the Knicks for this game on the offensive glass. But, you know, it was all the difference because they had all the shot-making too and that was just something the Knicks couldn't come by for large, large stretch of this game. It would be like the Knicks would get hot for four minutes at a time and then not be able to make literally one shot for five minutes. Uh, I think they had at least two stretches like that where they had zero points over the course of like five minutes, which is just it's going to lose you basketball games a lot of times, yeah. even if they're missing Luka Doncic. So it was just a really frustrating game. I mean, there was so, there's a lot to harp on, a lot to be proud of, as a Knicks fan, I guess too, in the sense that, you know, this team never says die. They were right in it right up until the last second. And they did figure it out eventually, but you feel like they could have probably won this game by about 15 points. If they just kind of played their cards a little differently.
0: Yeah. I I would say, uh, Maybe, maybe this isn't the right place to start, but it's something that stood out to me and something I'm going to watch going forward, like a little bit of a disappointing night for OG Ananobi on Kyrie Irving and and, and to be clear, that doesn't mean that the bulk of Kyrie's points came on OG because there's a lot of good uh, screen work from Dwight Powell, which is something you, you, you get from him that you you don't get from Derek Lively Um, but it's on OG in those situations to to chase Kyrie and, and affect Kyrie and like use his physicality and length to alter shots and there were, there were a couple of times where OG played perfect defense and Kyrie to your point is just one of the best shot makers on planet earth when he's going like probably top three to five in the world um and he he was cooking tonight so there was a bit of that but I I went back to OG also I I thought not doing a great job on Tyrese Maxey and and it's clear the Knicks are are willing to leverage his defensive versatility and just put him on the best guy on the other team but I think that's something to continue to watch when he matches up with star point guards, like obviously he, he is still a good defender. Is he an elite defender in those matchups? Um, and and look, sometimes it's just really hard to stop the best players on earth. The bigger thing here for the Knicks was, was they clearly took Dallas very lately. No Luca Doncic, no Dante Exum who's probably been one of their four best players this year. No Derek Lively, as I mentioned earlier, has been, been fantastic for them as a rim runner, on one end rim protector on the other end. The Knicks came out with zero juice, zero energy. I thought it was a big issue that um, the Knicks at least early. I know they ultimately finished with 13 offensive rebounds, but a lot of them came like later on. And like when the Knicks were trying to scramble to come back, like, they couldn't really do anything on the offensive glass. Powell did a great job, I thought, blocking out Hartenstein. And they really successfully threw multiple bodies at Brunson and Randall. And, and I say really successfully. They still had a pretty efficient 62 points combined, but both of them struggled early. Brunson was one for seven. Randall had a couple turnovers early, like like couldn't really get anything going. And, and to me, like if I'm another team, like I'm watching this film and saying like, all right, that, that's how I'm going to approach. I'm going to dare anyone else to beat me. And if Dante DiVincenzo gets hot from three, so be it. Um I'm I'm counting on um no one else from the Knicks doing quite enough to score enough points to win.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the uh, where we're still at, where, you know, I think, I think it's pretty apparent that this team still needs another like creator of some sort. Uh, and this is where you miss Emmanuel quickly, right? Like, oh, uh, John, no, he's awesome. But the few times that the Knicks sort of entrusted him, or at least it, it came to a point where he sort of had to create in this game, it was not pretty. I mean, that's just not his forte. I know that, you know, that was part of him wanting out of Toronto was to maybe be more of a, a star type player, show some more scoring chops, you know, whatever, but his handle's not tight enough. He just, he's not great at like creating space organically. Like he's good at doing it where he's already moving. uh, Mm. So he can do his movement without the ball in his hands and then make something happen. Uh, But, when you just throw the ball in his hands and he needs to do something like we saw it late in the game, there was the possession where he ended up taking a weird wobbly three. And that was sort of a broken play to begin with. But if he had just a little more guile, you know, a little bit of like the, the Brunson or Randall, like step into it and then back up, take a three sort of deal. You know, he could have gotten a clean look there. And instead he just kind of had to rush a, a weird three attempt that, you know, wound up clanging pretty poorly. Um, You know, so this is where the Knicks, I think, just need another guy that can create a shot. And, you know, they they had, like, Hart bringing it down at times in this game, and that wasn't super pretty because he would bring it down, just barely get it across center court, and then kick it to McBride, who then struggles to create penetration most of the time. Um, And then, you know, it's like, who else are you going to give it to in that bench unit? Then, like, Grimes gets it. He has some of the same issues that Ananobi has where – He's good with like a couple dribble, you know, blow by of someone closing out on him on the perimeter and getting inside that way sometimes. But, you know, beyond that, he's he's not able to just sort of like organically make something happen out of nothing. Um, So they definitely I mean, I have no doubt that they are really like ear to the ground looking for the right piece to come over and trade right now. But I think this game sort of underscored it. And, you know, the, the Mavs did a really good job of just being like, I mean, you know, ultimately you could look at the box score and be like, well, Brunson and Randall got theirs sort of, but you know, the Mavs threw enough defensive versatility at them that they were able to make them uncomfortable in the moments that really mattered where they built the big leads. And then Randall and Brunson managed to figure it out to a degree in the comeback, but ultimately it just didn't end up working out for the Knicks in this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And I thought another issue was, was Deuce McBride had some real problems initiating the offense again, which I I think as they play better and better defenses and more locked in defense and more well-coached defenses like that, that will be an issue. And, and they had like a possession late in the third quarter where they only got a shot off with like a second or two left. And then they had a shot clock violation where he was busy, like driving baseline and had no idea what the clock is. And that might seem to people listening, like I'm being unnecessarily harsh on Deuce. But if you're the point guard, like that is your job at the end of the day to, to figure that out, to figure out a way to get the ball in the hands of your best player with a reasonable amount of time for them to create an advantage. And then for the rest of your offense to play off that advantage. And, and if you're going to play a second unit that only has like one creator in it, and right now that's, that's the next reality. Like they're, they're lucky at times if they have one true creator out there, like you're going to need to start early because it's not going to be a bunch of guys to your point, Alex, who like, who Dean either way out of traffic and like create. A great look. Um, We'll we'll continue to get into what plagued the Knicks and whether any of those represent long term concerns. But first, we're going to talk about uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson leading a pretty incredible comeback. The Knicks almost Mavericks the Mavericks. Boy, that would have been sweet. Um, But before we do that, Alex, we got to talk about our buddies over at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life according to the fda pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade this is scary i can't imagine more helpless feeling um than the knicks being in the eastern conference finals tied 3-3 with the boston celtics and my buddy alex over here getting a bad case of strep throat and not being able to pot that would be a nightmare um And if there's some kind of supply chain issue, keeping them from, um, in that case, a podcast saving, but in some cases, a life-saving medication, obviously that's terrifying thankfully we'll be okay because of jace medical the jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses including utis respiratory infections sinitis skin infections among others this could happen to any of us visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter it will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost it's never been more important to be prepared than today so go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to Get $20 off your order. Hey, what's up, guys? We are back on lockdown. Knicks, it wasn't all bad for the New York Knicks, Alex down by a whole lot late in the fourth quarter. The Knicks got cracking. I think when it was all said and done, it was something like a 23 to six run for the Knicks to cut the deficit to only to all the way down to one. Obviously, it didn't work because they just they, they gave up three straight offensive rebounds. Josh Green, who who tortured the Knicks the entire night, ultimately hit a backbreaking three, but uh quintessential it was fun while it lasted you just had the feeling that the knicks like on a night where like, I don't know about you. To me, it, it, it just felt like the classic, like anything that can go wrong did go wrong. Like they were knocking rebounds out of each other's hands. I'm trying to find it. I wrote down one sequence that was that was just terrific. Okay, here it was. It was, it was OG and, and and Julius. They were battling for a rebound, and they nearly lost it after Brunson missed a wide open three. They got it back, and then Brunson just turned it over, and it led to transition the other way. The Mavs threw like, this terrible lob. And Derek Jones Jr. was somehow able to tip it in. And, and that was just that was just one play, but that was a microcosm of the night. So I, I say that to say it was extraordinary. When you take that into account, you take Kyrie scoring into account. You take Tim Hardaway, just being on a heater all night. And, and the Knicks still were almost in position to win this game, despite everything, and, and ultimately fell a little short, but the comeback was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I give credit to Randall and to Brunson for both figuring it out in their own way in the second half. Like, the third quarter was obviously Randall's quarter, 19 points in that one. I think he shot 6 of 10. I'm going to double-check that real quick. He did shoot 6 of 10, uh, but had a really good symbiosis with Brunson there. I mean, which is sort of weird to say. It's like, wouldn't they always have that? Like, they're the two star players of the team. But a lot of times it's almost like they're both out there, like, sort of, it's like their coworkers that like ultimately are contributing to a a really great, you know, product that is being put out by their company, but don't really cross paths that often. Sometimes, you know, it's like, they're not necessarily working off of each other. They're just sort of occupying the same space. Uh, Whereas in this one, I I thought that what was really cool to see was that Randall was making more of an effort to play almost OG ish. Like he was sort of, he was making more cuts off ball, like he was finding his way in for just like easy layups off a quick Brunson assist after they were throwing doubles at Brunson when he was driving in. I just thought that it was very intuitive and and a good way to utilize what Randall can bring to the game because honestly, like nobody on the Knicks really had a great three point shooting game uh, in this one, except for maybe Dante DiVincenzo, who shot five of 10. Um, and he certainly had, actually, I just couldn't grab shot 50% too. So g- kudos to those two, but uh, certainly Randall OG and, and Brunson had their struggles from three in this game and like randall was able to hit a couple threes during that time which was sort of og-esque again like he just sort of got a nice well the one he got nice like the other one he did the classic randall going towards the corner and then falling out of bounds uh three-pointer from over there but i don't know I, i thought that they did a good job of identifying what dallas was giving them in that third quarter and that was what sparked that huge comeback and then things kind of fell apart a little bit again once brunson took his rest uh at the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter, like they got it down to, I think six. In yeah, the they did. Quarter. Yeah, it was 88, 82, the 90, yeah. 84. Yeah. And then they're down 15 again by the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, and then they managed, you know, going down the stretch of the game, Brunson just kind of turned it on. And, you know, I, he sort of realized like, I'm not making threes. He also wasn't really hitting like his traditional midi jumpers as much in this one. So he just sort of switched to like floater game, draw fouls, you know, just do the other things that I do well more and it worked pretty well for him. And he had 12 points down the stretch too. So, I mean, it it was good. It was, it was admirable that they were able to figure some of these things out. And like you said, like this literally felt like the best game that this version of the Mavericks could have played and the, maybe the worst version of this game that the Knicks could have played. And they still were within one point of this team with less than a minute to go. And one, serendipitous offensive rebounds by the Mavs not going their way potentially turns this into a Knicks win uh so and we would just be talking about like well they pulled it out somehow and a wins a win six straight you know and we would be complaining at all about this game but since it ultimately didn't go the Knicks' way it's you know it sucks but yeah I, I really enjoyed the, the what Brunson and Randall were able to put together and and really like especially Brunson it was a very quiet way to get to 30 points for them because there were plenty of mistakes by them, but it just kind of shows when you got superstars like that, like they're going to be able to find a way to get you 30 points any given night.
0: Yeah. I, I thought it was impressive in that it felt like just like a little bit like an FU game from both of them in the sense that the start was so frustrating. And, and again, give, give credit to Jason Kidd, give credit to Dallas for, for executing um his scheme is they, I think they got in, both those guys heads and and just and really frustrated them and annoyed them and then as the game went along like Randall set the tone i think just i mean i saw multiple tweets about him being like a bull in a China shop, a D, our friend uh, DJ Zulo added with a blindfold on. And that was pretty accurate because he was either just like rolling through guys for layups or committing offensive fouls. And there was really there was really no one between option. It was it was one or the other. Um, and then in the second half, like like he kept that physicality. And I think it was just, it, it's, it's amazing how often I say this with Julius, but it was another one of those nights where he, it just sort of clicked for him. Like, wait, this team is literally no one who could match me physically. And, and he just got inside over and over and over again. And I thought he did a good job like balancing what felt like blind aggression with, I think he hit DiVincenzo for like three different corner threes in this game. and was making the right pass there over and over again. That, that was spectacular and a good recognition of what Dallas was willing to give up. And then it it was just, it was just so fun. Like, like when he got into his bag a little bit and hit the the transition three that first got it to single digits. And then this crazy step back three that made it 88, 82 took a terrible heat check. And it's one of the rare times with Julius where I was like, all right, he totally earned that one. That's Okay um 18 points and and they all came in the first seven minutes of the third quarter and he pretty much cooled down from there like was almost done scoring for the night and I'm I I don't have a ton to add on Brunson uh, other than the fact that like I I just thought his fourth quarter was admirable because it was such a bad night like I think a lesser player a, a less mentally tough player would have gotten down on himself and he just he just like kept going and going and going to the rim relentlessly and and found a way to Make this a basketball game. Um, Alex, maybe maybe this is something to talk about next. But I think my question coming out of this one is like, can the Knicks, like against good competition, realistically survive an off night from either of these guys? Um, and and I guess maybe that was answered against the Sixers where Julius was terrible, but that was almost like a fluky game and that literally everyone else in the team was just cooking. Um, like how consistently can they survive that against great teams? Um, and and that's that that's where I'm at after this game and like if there's one concern i think that's it
1: yeah i'm with you i mean because again it's just there's no if one of those guys is off and it starts affecting their ability to distribute the ball too like if they're just straight up off in all regards then all bets are off like you know if if brunson had the night that he had against portland against you know the Mavericks or any other good team like the Knicks are in bad shape because that's just you know they can't they can't deal with that like he was distributing well enough but just couldn't score and you know then if like OG Ananobi is getting better coverage than he would get against like the Portland Trailblazers or you know Dante is getting you know deed up harder than he would you know in this game granted you can find the weaknesses on any NBA team even the best teams have guys that are more easily exploitable or you can find switches to generate, you know, whatever. But it is definitely a concern going forward because this game they needed, I mean, both those guys, it's so weird. Their final stat lines really did not end up being that bad. Like, honestly, they look pretty good. Like, Randall, yeah, that's what I 23. thought. Dude. I
0: like, mean, we said Brunson one for seven, nine for 15 finish, right? Like that. that's yeah. exceptional.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so like really they, they did pretty good in the end and that still wasn't quite enough because the rest of the players just couldn't, it didn't quite have it going in this game. So they they definitely need whether they go for the bigger swing of like a Murray or they go for the, the cleaner fit and, and, you know, less high maintenance, you know, fit of like a Malcolm Brogdon or something. Either way, I, I definitely think the Knicks need to address like just spend a little bit more capital, you know, hopefully move Fournier's contract as part of it and spend a little bit of that draft capital. Like because you, you could have a real shot at doing something crazy this year if you just have that one more guy and I I think they definitely need to prioritize that because they just need like that one ancillary guy, just in case, you know, like the breaking case of emergency option that can still stay hot and potentially win you a playoff game or something uh, by creating for himself and for others. So uh, we'll see going forward, but
0: yeah, go ahead, Gavin. Oh, no, I was going to just say this felt like, not to, not to twist the knife, but this felt like a night where it would have been cool to put a manual quickly into a game at a certain point and just turn things around. But,
1: I absolutely agree with that. Uh, and you know what? Hey, maybe you're feeling nostalgic about Emmanuel quickly. So, Gavin, I want to let everybody know about our good friends over prize picks real quick. So I don't know if you guys have heard of prize picks, but it's my favorite way to play daily fantasy sports. And, you know, let's say that you want to support Emmanuel quickly still, which is why I brought that up. And also, you know, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall and have something to root for on multiple fronts on a, on a given night. You could do that with prize picks. It's pretty cool. The way that their daily fantasy platform works is instead of building a funny money roster where you have to face a bunch of other players who have all these spreadsheets and everything else and buy out like 10,000 out of 20,000 entries in any given contest or whatever, and then just take the whole pot for themselves, it's just you versus projections available. So you could say, I think Emmanuel quickly on the Raptors is going to have over two and a half threes tonight. And I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Just kidding. Uh, And Jalen Brunson is going to have over 22 and a half points. And Julius Randle is going to have over 10 and a half rebounds. Put that all on a ticket and you could potentially win a bunch of cash from prize picks. And if you want to play alongside some of prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, all right, maybe we could get some New York celebrities in here or comedian, Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promos to have the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Picks community each week. PrizePix also offers my favorite thing, which is a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return the second, that player is rebooted. Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Always clutch when you're playing fantasy sports to somehow have an injury insurance policy. I wish I had that during my regular fantasy sports season this year. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. prizepicks It's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Gavin, we're back in continuing to talk through this Knicks game. And we want to kind of talk about like, so obviously it's the first loss in the OG Ananobi era. Uh, the Knicks were outscoring their opponents by a laughable amount over their last five games, uh, especially in the minutes that OG was on the floor. This game, they come a little more down to earth. Uh, you know, OG does still end up a plus 14 somehow. I don't know how that happened because he didn't even have a particularly crazy game. And yet he still was a an overwhelming positive in this game. Uh, so his his personal run of like all time great plus minus to start with a new team is still unharmed after this game. But I thought there were some things that kind of stood out in this one. I mean, the one to me and, and you know, maybe this is just going to be a greatest hits of some of the things that we've already said to this point. But I do think that the Knicks need to have a little bit better of a strategy for when a player starts going off on them because they're going to face like you inevitably are going to run up against in the playoffs, especially if you make it to the second round, you're going to run into Joel Embiid, or you're going to run into Jason Tatum, or you're going to run into even Donovan Mitchell in the first round or something. All these guys have the ability to go supernova like Kyrie did in this game. And the Knicks very often just kind of stick to, no, we have guns to, you know, go one-on-one with these guys. We can do this. Oh, Ananobi, this is why we got him. But, OG had some trouble with Kyrie because Kyrie is super shifty and, and can much like Jalen Brunson, you know, can disregard your extra length as a defender, just by the way that he moves his body, the way that he draws fouls, uh, everything else that he brings to the table. And I thought that the Knicks waiting to double him for so long, was one of the biggest things that ultimately cost them this game. Um, But that was probably one of my biggest takeaways, but I'm curious what some of yours are as far as things that, we should maybe be looking out for going forward.
0: Yeah, I I mean, first of all, I agree with that one. Like I, I think it just has to be mentioned OG is is six eight and he is one of the like probably 20 best athletes in the world that are 6'8. Like I'm not even just saying in basketball, I'm just saying like on earth like he he's ridiculous. And yet and yet um really hard to chase like a super slithery six three guy around screens all night. And could he have done better? Like, would you hope he did does better? Yeah. But that's sort of like why offense is ultimately more important than defense of the modern NBA. It's because if someone, if if one of the top 30 players in the league, which Kyrie, when he's playing, is um, is on, like you're just not gonna stop him. It doesn't really matter who the defender is on the other end of the floor. It could be uh prime like Hakeem Lai. Well, he's not a good example, so he's not a perimeter guy. Prime Scottie Pippen. Like it was, it doesn't make much of a difference. Like they're they're gonna get. Theirs. um the other thing for me was just like again the obvious like I think having someone like Malcolm Brogdon in this game makes all the difference in the world like like I Brunson and Randall still again as I noted before got to 62 tonight like what happens on the night where Brunson has 16 like, are you, you're just so reliant on everyone else playing a near perfect game. And that the bet Dallas made was like, we can throw doubles at them all night and no one else is going to get to 20. And DiVincenzo was awesome. Like he was super efficient. He made five threes in this game, but because he is just a shooter, like no free throws in this game. He only got to 19 to your point. Grimes was cooking. He got to nine, but that was him cooking in 15 minutes. Achua was cooking for him. He, he had seven. That was his best game as a Nick. So far, like they're uh, like OG and is just not to your point. Like it's like, I think of the play where he got to the free throw line and he like put a pretty nice move on to get there was all alone and then tried to like force this crazy pass to Josh Hart rather than take a free throw line jumper. And it led to like an easy transition bucket on the other end. And this team still just very, very clearly needs one more score. And I guess the final thing is like, they, they just can't take anyone lightly. Like they, they're ultimately Going to be reliant on like playing with better effort, better precision than whoever they go against. And I think tonight, like I, like the way they've been just rolling over craft teams these last two games, they kind of took it for granted that they'd come into Dallas and they'd dominate this game. And, and and when Dallas like landed a punch, it took a long time for the Knicks to get their bearings and match that intensity.
1: Yeah, I also think if we're talking about tough situations, and you know, this is no secret. I don't think because this has come up in other games as well this isn't exclusive to just since og joined the team but this game also sort of underscored i mean and i say this i'm about to say like isaiah hardstein you know needs to watch the fouls and and needs to just be more careful like the one that he got that was his fourth foul in this game was very obviously a foul and he was like i didn't foul him and it's like you did like and you need to just understand the situation a little better in those situations because as of right now the Knicks ability to throw another player out there that does what he does is not possible they don't have another one you know they don't have Mitchell Robinson back yet and until that happens it's going to be very his minutes are going to be very very important and his ability to stay out there is going to be very important so I I would hope for a little more discipline from him going forward because even though like Precious had a really good game too I thought granted he had some foul troubles his own he managed to get I mean, I'm talking about Hartenstein getting four fouls in 32 minutes. Precious got four and 16. So, I mean, he was, he was certainly hacking and whacking as uh, Clyde might like to say, but you know, he had a really good game, but still did not bring you nearly what Hartenstein brings you out there, especially on the defensive end. Like that's where they miss Hartenstein the most. Um, So I think that he just, you know, this is not a full team note, but just Hartenstein needs to be extra careful with keeping himself on the floor. And To his credit, I think he got that fourth foul with like three or four minutes left in the third quarter, and then he did not commit another foul the rest of the way out. So props to him for that. Um, If we want to end on a somewhat positive note, I did really like this game from Precious Achua. I thought they finally figured out some things that really work for him. I feel like they were being a little more liberal about letting him switch onto guys, and he had a few really good possessions that way. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was... I mean, it was I guess it was sort of the precious experience in a nutshell, because like Raptors fans were like, he's he's really talented sometimes, but sometimes he'll just make these plays that make you go. Why did you just do that? Uh, Had one of those where he had a really great one on one possession against Tim Hardaway, stripped him, got the ball, started out in transition, sort of, you know, couldn't handle the dribble and then had to get on the deck to get the ball. And then he's (laughs) laying on the ground and then just tries to wing it over his head like barely a glance over uh-huh. his shoulder to see who yeah. was over there. I thought he was and, Larry bird. Yeah. I mean, it was just a little ridiculous and then gets yeah. the ball stolen back by Tim Hardaway jr, which then ends up in points for the Mavericks. I believe off of that one, I think it was a three um, tough to say. It was, it seemed like everything went the Mavs way, but other than that, you know, defensively, I thought he looked pretty good rebounding. He did well. Like this was where I was like, okay, I get the rebounding right now. Like he can definitely get up there. He can get some rebounds in traffic. And then I thought on offense, him getting seven points on three of three shooting, like they finally just simplified things. You know, they were just like, hey, let's just run some basic pick and rolls. And like, that's how we can allow Quentin Grimes to be a ball handler for a minute too. you know, or make life easier on Josh Hart. Trying to sort of semi run this offense is like just the one of the oldest plays in basketball. Just run a pick and roll and get Precious rolling to the rim. And he had like imperfect lobs thrown to him. Twice that he just kind of skied up and grabbed, came down with, and then was able to make something happen uh, just by being really athletic and having a nice second jump and, you know, a good enough finishing touch around the rim, at least in that scenario. Uh, I think the idea here is keep him trying to finish off of two feet flat footed right near the hoop and not driving full speed towards the rim because that seems to be his his weak point is like full speed layups like that. He just hasn't quite gotten that touchdown but uh, you know in the interim I still that's another thing I still think the Knicks need to address is maybe finding someone who's a little more of a a, of a rim protector and a little more of what Hartenstein or Mitch gives you as the third string center uh, or second string center for the for the moment until Mitch gets back but uh, I thought Precious did a pretty good job tonight so that's probably my last note for this one.
0: Yeah, I, I thought. Um, I guess on the other side, of that pick and roll combo. Quentin Grimes, nice job attacking the basket, still stills to drive to shoot. Uh, our buddy Benji pointed out another instance where he was driving clearly with the intent to throw it to a chew and Powell just read it the whole way and picked it off. Um, but he he also had some some nice takes where he he got to the line. Um, he missed two in a row, which was a bummer. But um, I, I liked I liked his aggressiveness overall tonight, and I, I hope that continues for him. And I think I think he should be playing uh, more than fifteen minutes per game. And I know that's a little bit of a challenge when, when Dante has a night like this, like I understand him being out there for 30. I wouldn't mind seeing lineups where they're out there together again. Like I would almost prefer if you put Dante in with the bench unit as the point guard on some nights over deuce. Like if it's clear, like deuce isn't doing anything particularly special on a given night and then like get grime some minutes with the starters. Like that, that's personally how I would, Balance it out a little bit more, um, especially because I think Chenzo might actually be the better point guard than Deuce, but that's a conversation for another day. For now, he's Alex. I'm Gavin. We'll be back to you, um, over the weekend with a very special guest. Um, but until then, we'll see you very, very soon on Locked On Knicks.